and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, no time. No time to talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do have something in mind, actually. Speaking of... This, okay. This is just uh, a very brief thing. Because um, I want... Uh, I, I, I have a quandary I want to ask you and the listeners. Oh, now. boy. All right. Now, like most people, I have a Google alert set up for my name. Okay. Do you... Well, I guess it's uh, pretty common. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have it set up. Tyler Smith, Battleship Pretension, Tyler Smith, More Than One Lesson, Tyler Smith Podcast. I think that's what I have. Oh, okay. Um, so I have one set up for my name. And I, that's how I come to fi- came to find out yesterday that there is in Australia, in Brisbane, hmm. Brisbane, Brisbane, I don't know how you say it, a David Bax who hosts a sci-fi podcast all about sci-fi movies and TV. Hmm. Very somewhat similar to what, yeah, what we do. That's the, see, this is my question. Do I now reach out to this person and say, Hey, what a great coincidence. We both are named David Bax. We both have a geeky podcast or is this person now my enemy? I feel like, like this person is a sci-fi nerd in the sci-fi world. If there's a doppelganger, they're the evil version of you. So either he's the evil version of me or I'm the evil version of him. It's in either the way, latter. it is obviously the latter in either way. We must destroy one another. One of us, only one of us. So this is where I'm leaning. No one wanted can, to. Neither get, can live while the other survives. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's 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 my gut reaction mm-hmm. because I am who I am. But uh, I want I wanted to ask you and maybe our more compassionate listeners: Should I just send this guy an email? Well, here's here's what gets me about that is I'm reminded of a Simpsons episode where Jerry is going to be at a function with Jerry Lewis and he's trying to, and he, they have like the same cufflinks or something or no, he a Seinfeld has, episode. Yeah. Yeah. You said Simpsons. Before. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we were Seinfeld talking about episode. Simpsons off mic. That's true. Um, yeah. So Jerry has like a pair of cufflinks that, that Jerry Lewis like used to own or something right, like right. that. And he said like, he goes, Hey, I would, you know, I could use that as a conversation starter to which George says, but you already have a conversation starter. You have the same name. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> the fact that he feels right. the need to say Jerry. <laughs> right. I feel like at that point, <laughs> you seeking this guy out, not because we isn't, both have movie podcasts. There is that. His name isn't just David. And it's you know, not even a David B, which there are a lot of, by the way. Sure. Um, uh, I think for some reason, people with like last names that start with B like to name their kid David. There's a lot of famous David Bowie, David Byrne. There's the character David Brent. Yeah. There's there's more. I've done I've done this before. Anyway, um, Davy Brockett. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a Jimmy Pardo joke. I'm sorry. Um, but this person's name is David Bax, mm-hmm. and he does B-A-X, a movie podcast, movie and TV podcast okay. about science fiction specifically. All right. It's called Sci-Fi Saves. No, it's called Save Sci-Fi. Okay. I think it's called Save Sci-Fi. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Boy, we should oh check it out. Um, Have you listened to it? Not yet. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd if, say like, listen I'm worried to about like a Ron Silver in uh, Time Cop thing. Okay. If I listen to it, we might we might yeah. both cease to exist. Yeah. You listen uh, to it painfully. and it's you. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's you oh, in 20 be years. Because oh, I don't know. I don't what if know, that happened? I don't know how the time difference works between us and Australia. Well, but what if that's what it? What if I like moved or is me like in an alternate universe where like david i've got it you finally get tired of me you murder me 
you flee the United States uh, right. to get away from the, but you right, can't right. stop podcasting. Right. Or using my name, which right. is probably what I should do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I'm saying like, what if it's like an alternate version, like an alternate presence okay. present, which were like one time in middle school, I like ate one more peanut butter cracker mm. sandwich than I did in this reality. And everything is different because of it. And somehow I now live in Australia and obsessed, obsessed with sci-fi and do a podcast. Or I say, Hey David, let's you and I do a podcast and you say, fuck off. I'm going to Australia to do a podcast. <laughs> okay. Something like that. That might. Yeah. I feel like um, that, you know, it's that butterfly effect thing. Right. Uh, whereas when you, what I actually said, I think when you suggested the podcast was what's a podcast. Yeah. Um, that's not actually true. It's not a hundred percent true. Cause you, you did tell me what podcasts were shortly before you told me about, uh, never not funny. That's right. And then, so I did know what a podcast was when you suggested it. Okay. Right. But yes. only, but somewhat recently at that point. Yes, that's true. Um, all right. Um, good times. Yeah. Uh, let's pay some bills. Okay. I, listen to that episode. And then come back next week and let us know. Oh, listen to the Save Sci-Fi podcast? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, is it in danger of going away? Like, do the Australians need to save it or what? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good... Maybe in this reality... Oh, boy. It is. You know, maybe it's like in uh, on Fringe when there were two realities, everything was pretty much the same. But then in one, like, coffee was very rare. And they had come up with, like synthetic fake coffee because real coffee was so hard to find or maybe maybe so maybe sci-fi in this guy's in this david's universe is a rare commodity yeah i think in that in this universe stanley kubrick left the pie fight scene in dr strangelove was never allowed to work in film again uh, and thus 2001 was never made and right. could not inspire a bunch of other, uh, science fiction filmmakers. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we just never got galaxy quest, never got galaxy quest. Okay. Oh boy, <laughs> man. Oh man. Um, still got Futurama strangely enough moving on. <laughs> All right, everybody, this episode such as it is, is sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Among the movies now available is... Not 100% sure about the pronunciation of this. Volker Schlondorf? Okay. Uh, his uh, his it, this was a made-for-TV movie, "Death of a Salesman," starring Dustin Hoffman and John Malkovich, both of who both of whom uh, won Emmys that year. I've never I've never seen that version of it. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a filmed version of "Death of a Salesman," but I've heard that this one is pretty much the best. Okay, and that's saying something because I believe in the fifties there was one starring Frederick March, which mm. I would which I would kill to see. But I would also be interested in, because this was 85. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, not an old guy by then. You know, Willie Loman is an older character at that point. And so, I don't know. I'm intrigued by that. And I'm, in, I'm intrigued at, at uh, John Malkovich playing his son. Like, so much of this seems like odd casting, but apparently good enough to win Best Lead Actor and Best Supporting Actor. So, I'm intrigued by it. And, uh, and, I was actually very excited to see that it was there because I have my own movie subscription and perhaps I will give it a watch. So, um, okay. 
Uh, but there's more here. Uh, that's the thing. So that's me. I have my movie subscription. Right. What do I do if I'm, let's say I'm Joe Listener. Okay. What do I do? Joe Listener, here's, <laughs> here's what you can do. You can try movie free for a month. Just go to movie.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash battleship to redeem now. So that's one free month and then four and only four ninety nine every month after that. 30 wonderful movies every month. Absolutely. More than worth it. Five Absolutely. bucks for 30 movies and 30 days to watch each one of them? Yeah. I don't know. It's a steal of twice the price. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wish, uh, you know, as, as terrifying as it would be being a salesman, uh-huh. I would love it. I, when I, I was never, like, as a human being, I was never better than when I was selling stuff at Blockbuster to, yeah, Eric, to I would, Eric McCormick. I would not be good at it. <laughs> I, um, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Nothing? Yep, no, never mind. Are you sure? I was near your blockbuster. It's it's now a Togo's. What wait, what? The one at the uh, on Ventura that you worked at. Oh no, that one is uh that one's a bank. Oh was I looking at the wrong I was at I was in that parking lot. Oh okay. I I was looking at the wrong corner. Yeah. No, it's a bank now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still very sad. And they moved the door. Like why why do you need to move the door? Oh, well, I feel like because I told somebody, oh, that Togo's used to be a blockbuster. Oh, now that person is now that person's just, like spreading the lies. It's, yeah, it's oh, like a virus. It's like I a horrible awful. virus. It's a, like a really boring virus. Yeah. Um, now I'll tell you who else brings us this episode. Oh, okay. All right. This episode. And then you know what? I've determined I'm going to try and say this as cool as possible because what choice do I have when I am talking about Ryan Barrett, CPA? <laughs> I'm sure Ryan appreciates that. Um, okay. So I have not done the exact calculation, but tax day is right around the corner. Not really, but, uh, my wife and I were talking about taxes recently and realized like, holy shit, man, like it's already September and it's just like, it's, it's killing me. And so we have to, you know, we pay a certain amount every month and, uh, and in doing so we're kind of, guessing right like it's like we think this is probably what we should pay and we wind up uh being horribly wrong and we have to pay a lot at the uh around april um or if i'm being honest may um and uh but there's a way to prevent this so that was me just kind of uh riffing i gotta get back on if you on relate here hmm? if you listener relate <clears throat> to that listen yeah. up yeah exactly here's a solution so here's the deal when you're dealing with taxes and finances in general, it's, it always helps to have an expert on your side. Ryan Barrett, CPA, has 12 years of accounting experience, and though he is based in Denver, he has experience working with clients in all 50 states, and he can help with the tax needs of both individuals and small businesses. Ryan can be contacted at Ryan Barrett CPA. That's R-Y-A-N-B-A-R-R-E-T-T-C-P-A.com, or... Look, if you don't want to type all that out, I understand. Ryan, get a shorter name. Here's what you do. You go to battleshippretension.com because that's not a hassle to type in, uh, but you're probably already there. Yeah, like I said, you probably BAT and it probably your, Absolutely. your browser probably fills You've it. been there. Yeah. Um, and then you click on the, uh, on the ad uh, for Ryan Barrett CPA and, uh, and ask him about all your financial all of, uh, woes and questions and he will fix it. Okay. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. It, uh, this is our yearly 
fall movie preview episode. Mm. And as usual, we're going to be using the fall movie preview issue of Entertainment Weekly. Pretty much the only reason I still subscribe. (laughs) Um, As our guide, which means we're mostly going to be going month by month. But they always have one headliner. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, again, because we're going to follow their lead. Okay. We're going to start by talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. Okay. Uh, which I when does that come out? Doesn't uh, it come December out December eighteenth? That's not the fall. That's the winter. No, it's the fall. Oh. <laughs> this is so easy, world. Okay, fall, September, October, November, winter, December, January, February, spring, March, April, May, summer, June, July, August. It's so easy. There's four seasons. There's twelve months. This is right. so easy. But you know, it's tied to like. Uh, what like lunar cycles? Yes. And like or or are 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 spinning around the sun, and therefore like the summer solstice, the beginning of summer is the longest day of the year. That's interesting. Who gives a shit? I do. Uh, I'm thinking in terms of school year. I'm thinking in terms of uh, we're not in school. That means nothing to us. We're not in school, but you know what? I and I tweeted this a while I ago. When I if I saw I go it because to, it was like the last you went then went like twelve days without tweeting I went, anything. I went, I went dark <laughs> uh, after that. Uh, yeah, uh, if I go to Target or anything and I see back to school, I will still cringe. I've not been in a classroom yeah. in eleven years. It's yeah, but I still will have the. It's just like oh no, summer's over. It's like summer. First off, I hate summer. Yeah, it's like, the worst. It, I used to like it solely because I wasn't in school and now it's just like, no, it's just, it's hot and horrible. Yeah. Like, but there's still this feeling of like, Oh man, I got to get like, I'm not ready. It was, I, I was at target just this past weekend. I was buying dumbbells cause I'm trying to work out more. <laughs> okay. I'm very sore. I work, I've been working mm-hmm. out every morning this week a little bit. Uh, and uh, I feel very sore. So I guess that, that means it's working. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Anyway, so I was buying dumbbells and I walked past this, mom who had her two kids and like a list of back to school supplies. And it was like, it was like seeing that commercial with the sick dogs and the Sarah McLaughlin song playing. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt my heart just went out to these poor kids. Yeah. Cause I, I remember it. You just want to say it gets better. And yeah. I kind of do like, it is the worst feeling. God school sucks. It sucks <laughs> so much. That's the thing. Like there is really only, uh, there's a, I don't know. Like it, when you, when you, what do you call it? When you, um, add everything up, a sum, a sum, uh, not that, but like, um, accumulative. That's it. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a, a cumulative, um, like five years for me of like enjoying school. And a lot yeah. of that was film school. And then my, la- oh. like the last year of high school when I had total control over my schedule and no longer had any credits I needed to get done. <laughs> See, even like, I, I'm glad I went to film school and I enjoyed things about it, but the fact of school still sucked. To the me. fact of school, no question about it. It's the worst. I, I will never forget. I was in kindergarten and the idea that for the first time ever is like, wait, wait, wait a second. I'm eating lunch, a meal away from home. <laughs> Are you shitting? Like I was uh-huh. so, I was flabbergasted at the idea. So no, no, no. Food is like this. I, like I view, I viewed meals as like this, this very important thing that why on earth would you ever be away from your family? If you're going to eat meals uh-huh. and just like, and it just, that's when I was really hit with 
this shit is serious. Yeah. You know, and I never got away from it. Um, yeah, it's, school it's so is fun. the worst. It really is. The concept of school. Um, all right. So that's Star Wars. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, Star Wars it. comes out December 18th. I almost feel like we should just get it out of the way, but not in a dismissive way, like I said before. Sure. I am excited for the Star Wars movie. Yeah, me too. But I also feel like I don't have that much to say about it because it's all anyone is talking about. I, like the night that we're recording this, I don't know if you've been on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's like, but the, the toys are coming out or something. So people are lined up at, uh, toy stores around the country to buy star Wars, the force awakens toys. Don't judge because that is my impulse too. don't judge. We're into stuff that other people think. Here's my question. It has nothing to do with buying the toys. Clearly I'm not opposed to buying toys. Right. Um, right. I'm looking at my wall of green over there. Um, no, my issue is this. They're buying these toys and maybe they're buying them like so that they just as collectors, which I'm not thrilled with that either. But like, let's say they're buying these toys to play with them. Like you have no context for these toys now. Like you don't know what these characters are. You're going to just assign these characteristics to them. And then the movie's going to come along. You'll be like, oh, I'm, this is a disappointment. Um, I don't know. It's just something that bothers me. You're like president business. <laughs> what? You want the rules followed with toys. You don't want these kids to use their imaginations. You want them to play with it according to the instructions. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, no, they can make, if they want to make Kylo Ren a heartthrob dashing uh, leading man hero, they could do that. If they want to say that BB-8 is an organic animal and not a droid. They my, can do that. My right? concern is that they will ruin the, of names that I know. <laughs> yeah. Captain Phasma. They could say, Hey, this is Captain Phasma. She, uh, is the president. They could say that. There's no female presidents in space. <laughs> um, no, I'm saying she's the U S president. Oh, wow. That's exciting. They could, yeah, they can mix with their other toy sets. Green party. She's yeah. A, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, no, my issue actually has more to do with like, I feel like they'll, they could ruin the movie for themselves. No, like the movie's good. I guess so. And then the movie will shake all that imagination out of them and they'll be, and the movie will be like, (laughs) no, 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 you'll imagine me now. Just like I did me, Uh, Tyler, when it's like, I imagined job of the hut and the rancor and all that stuff. This is Disney being gracious and saying, why don't you take a few months to have fun on your own (laughs) before we tell you what to do with these toys. And that's all you get to do. Yes. Uh, you know what? You've sold me. Okay. Disney, thank you. Okay, but uh, that said, I'm excited for the movie, which is very unlike me. <laughs> but uh, to be excited for a you know franchise tentpole blockbuster type of movie, I'm generally pretty skeptical when it comes to those sorts of things. Uh, but I guess I feel like knowing as, as much of it as uh, how the movie is being made mm-hmm. with so much you know, practical yeah. uh, effects and actual sets. Yeah. Um, and also just, I think, I mean, this is going to sound mean and I don't know, hipsterish and snotty and dismissive, but like it can't be worse than the oh, people. Yeah. No, not <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel not like I'm excited for this because I know just as, as a baseline, it's going to be better than the prequels. Well, and also it, it, it is a sequel. It's a continuation. There are characters that, 
you know, it's been so long that, I mean, I'm sure Han Solo doesn't, isn't going to feel the same. I'm sure Luke Skywalker isn't going to feel the same, but like, they're still the characters that we know. Right. And we, and now this is them continuing and that's exciting. I want to like, I saw this thing on Facebook and I'm a sucker for this kind of bullshit. Um, that like someone said, Mark Hamill is now the age that Alec Guinness was Uh, for the first star Wars. And I was like, fuck that's awesome and and i don't know why i thought it was awesome it's just like there's a this cyclical thing and just the idea of like you know i i grew up we grew up on those movies and jj abrams though older than us also kind of grew up on those movies and now all of us are getting together it's almost like it's like all right george lucas you had your chance to to reintroduce these and you did not do well so now now it's up to the fans both the people that are making the movie and the people that are going to see the movie, um, which is can there, also, which can always be, a, it can always go wrong, but I don't think in this case it will. Is there, let me ask you this because I have a question. I have, I have an answer. And it's only, only one thing, but are there any parts of the prequels that you appreciate? There are parts to me. I really like Ewan McGregor. That's it. And that's kind of the end of it. I like Ewan McGregor. I like, he's perfect for that role. Uh, oh, uh, I think Ian McDermott is awesome. Uh, who's he's okay. Palpatine. Yeah. I think he, if there's any spark of life in that series, it's him. Um, like he's the only one that delivers his lines with any kind of gusto at all. Um, and then there's some stuff in the third movie that I like as far as just the, the, the darkness of it. But even then, like the darkness is still doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like star Wars darkness. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, but uh, well, yeah, I'm, can, I'm excited. Okay, I am as well. Let's move on to a movie that I don't know how to pronounce by a director whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Okay. I think it's called Sicario. Sure. But it could be Sicario. Okay. I don't know. And it's pronounced, and it's pronounced, <laughs> it's pronounced by, no, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve. Sure. Um, who has made two movies that I didn't like called Enemy and Prisoners. Okay. And yet, I am excited for this movie because even though I didn't like enemy or prisoners, I appreciate a lot about them. Mostly like from a, not uh, from a, an approach that has nothing to do with the dialogue log or plot. I like the way he constructs movies and I wish he could almost like, if this were like a wordless, like silent Mm. action movie, um, like, but, existential nearly horrific action movie yeah. like the best parts of prisoners you know mm-hmm. the best parts of prisoners don't have words or don't have words that are important it's the driving through the rain to yeah. the emergency room it's amazing and the um finding the room full of lock boxes filled with snakes <laughs> which is the even though it actually that like sequence if you think about it has almost nothing to do with the story. Yeah. Um, it's the sequence. When I think of the movie prisoners, it's the first thing I go to is that sequence of that, that room full of boxes with snakes in them. Well, it, I certainly like so terrifying, but also he shoots the snakes and this is also Roger Deakins mm-hmm. shooting the movie. He shoots it in a way that is like, he has a lot of respect. There's almost something, uh, there's a, there's a seductive beauty to those snakes. Oh, sure. Uh, along with, uh, they're terrifying and poisonous and there's a ton of them. Yeah. They're, they're not monsters. Right. Um, yeah, there's a, it's, it's interesting in both prisoners and enemy. He takes two things that people 
fear tremendously and then shoots them in different ways. Um, Snakes and spiders. Yes. Yeah. Um, I liked prisoners more than you did. Um, enemy. I think we liked about the same, uh, which is a did not. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I saw a trailer for Sicario and I'm ex- I'm excited for, for a lot of reasons. He can create tension wonderfully. Yeah. And I'm excited to see Benicio del Toro in like a substantial role again. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looks like, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin. And yeah, I like all three of those actors. And, uh, and I think I like, I feel like directorially, I think I like him. Um, you know, if I feel like there, if there are any problems in prisoners or enemy, I think it's at a script level and I don't, well, I think prisoners would be a better movie, even though it would hurt the, overall theme of the movie mm-hmm. would definitely take a blow. But if it were essentially just a procedural about Jake Gyllenhaal's detective character yeah. and weren't about the family, that's the word. That's the, the Hugh Jackman stuff, even though I think he's doing a good job. Yeah. He's great in it. I don't think that's not the interesting story to me. I am interested in the procedural aspect of it. And this, um, very, uh, I feel like describing characters as broken or damaged is like, kind of a cliche at this point sure but uh let's say fucked up yeah okay there you go he's a fucked up character and seeing this guy um you know trying to to uh to solve this crime would be a just a a nasty but beautiful little detective movie again the themes of the movie would not come that as, right. as they exist now would not come through in that but i think that would make the movie much better uh, it's, it still works for me as these, these two narrative. I think I like it that it's these two narratives smashing up against each other. Yeah. Um, and just, and the idea of from a, from a storytelling standpoint, seeing how those work together, a standard procedural with a, let's say flawed, uh, investigator. And then this other revenge story with a flaw, a deeply flawed, um, uh, uh Avenger, you know, right. and just, um, oh, I'm sorry. He's an X-Man. Um, <laughs> but like you beat me having these two things uh. just smash up against each other and see what happens. You know, it's worth noting that like the best dialogue scenes are the one with th- the ones with those two characters. You know, when Hugh Jackman is just outright lying to Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal's, he thinks he's lying, but he's not a hundred percent sure. So I don't know. There's, it's, I, I, I like prisoners for the most part, but there are some script issues. And so I feel like Sicario, I don't know. I don't know necessarily who wrote it. Maybe the script is really overwrought. I feel like it probably is a little bit, but it certainly looks like more of a straight up action movie, but it's not a born movie either. So I don't know. I feel like it's going to be just the trailer made me really tense. And, uh, and so I feel like it's going to kind of keep me on the sort of the edge of my seat. All right. Um, moving on to probably go faster than this. Yeah, uh, moving on to the intern. I don't have much to say. Um, Who not, directed that? Uh, Nancy Myers. I'm not generally a fan. I know this is. I want to like uh, be you know. Um, so I want to celebrate a year with women along with uh, Mariah and all the other people who are celebrating this. And I have been on Twitter, you know, keeping up with it. Uh, but I can't get behind Nancy Myers because I don't like her movies. Celebrating female filmmakers does not mean giving all female film- filmmakers a pass. Right. And Nancy right. Myers. I hated her pursuit. Yeah, and and I hated it's complicated, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, I mean I like Robert De Niro and I like uh, Anne Hathaway and I feel like the two of them in this particular uh, t- 
type of story, I feel like they could have a lot of on-screen chemistry. Not that it's a romantic thing, but like just, right. I don't know. I, I saw a trailer for it and it looked like, eh, it doesn't look like the worst thing, but it could also be, it's Nancy Myers, so it's only ever going to be so deep. So, right. you know, who gives a shit? Speaking of seeing trailers, I generally try to avoid them, mm-hmm. but um, I saw a trailer on like the, I was like, I for some reason had my TV on like the direct TV, like uh, movie channel mm-hmm. or whatever. And they showed a trailer for Mississippi grind. Okay. Which I'm seeing next week. Okay. Um, terrible trailer. Okay. But the fact that it's uh, speaking of a year with women, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck who did half Nelson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's them makes me think it's probably better than this trailer is letting on. Let's hope so. Um, and it's, and it's, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. And ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. So that's, that's good. That's good. I'm, I don't remember exactly what it's about, but you know what? I'm kind of happy about that and, uh, I've not seen a trailer for it and I'm happy about that. So I'm going to go in pretty much blind next week. Um, speaking of that, uh, direct TV movie channel, okay. they do like ads for stuff that's now available to rent from direct TV on demand. And one of them was the, uh, recent, um, uh, Carrie Mulligan vehicle far from the matting crowd. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is reviewed on our website by Josh long. I think I believe so. Um, and the woman who hosts the show, every time she mentioned the name, said the name called it far from the maddening crowd. Ugh. And I just like when stuff like that happens, it's like there was no one present to tell her like, Hey, like even in a nice way, you, you know, because you could be a dick and say, hey, turn to your left where it's on the screen right there. <laughs> it didn't say maddening. But even in a nice way, you just say, oh, uh, can we do another take? It's actually madding. I know it's like an old fashioned word. Or whatever. Like no one, I, either no one thought to do it or more likely no one gave a shit. I'd say probably that it, second so one. It, it was funny to me at first and then it got on my nerves when it's like three times she said far from the maddening crowd. Anyway, it's unfortunate. Uh, sleeping with other people. OK, I don't know that one. Uh, I know that it stars Alison Brie and Jason Sudeikis, and that uh, okay. is enough to get me a little bit interested. I like that Alison Brie. Uh, me too. Uh, and I like Jason Sudeikis quite a bit, actually. Mm. I like them both. Uh, apparently Adam Scott is in it as well. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Now, uh, who made this film? Someone named Leslie Headland. Mmm. Headland. He or she is a good filmmaker. <laughs> okay. Uh... But uh, it looks it looks pretty good. I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay. Oh, because I you know because it's because I can't wait to get to the next one, which I know you can't wait to get to because you're going to see Maze Runner: The Scorch Trial. That's true. Don't say it like that, jerk. Uh, yeah, I oh. saw the first Maze Runner and was very pleasantly surprised. No, um, it's not a perfect film by any stretch, but um, but it actually you know it's it is. It, like so many of these, you know, young adult dystopian future novels, you know, where it's just everything is no movie's going to stand on its own. There's going to be there's going to be like at least three or four of these if they make any kind of money, which they have. Um, How many books are there? I think there's three, but I might be wrong about that. Well, that um, means four movies. Obviously, the third one would be two. obviously. Now, um, but my question, having seen the first one, mm-hmm. did Scorch commit the crime in the first one? Yeah, that he's being tried for in the second one. No, no, he gets he gets tried in the second one, uh, but it's a mistrial, so they have to have another one. That's why there's that's why it's plural. Okay, the Scorch trials. Okay, know? so and then and then it ends on a cliffhanger. Is he found so guilty or he, not do guilty? You, do you think he did it? I Scorch. Did, I know he did it. All right. <laughs> Well, I hope Scorch gets what's coming to him. Absolutely. 
But the question is, here's the thing. He obviously did it, in my opinion. The question is, was he justified in doing it? See, that's the thing. That's what the trials are. Ne- they're never going to get to it. Right. You know, all they, they, it's just about crime and punishment. There's no, there's no question of like, oh, is his motive understandable? You know so what I mean? And I think that's like, where the third one will come in because once he escapes from, uh, from future jail or whatever, um, you know. So the point of the series really is that there's a little scorch in all of us. Yeah, absolutely. We're all a little bit of scorch. And maybe, maybe we should put ourselves through our own trials. Mm. See how we fare. You know See what, how though? we come out. Before we judge scorch, look at our inner scorch. You know what? I, I go a different way with it. I think the point of it is, I think the point of it is that like, there's a little scorch in all of us and we should stop putting ourselves on trial. Oh. You know what? We're not guilty. Right. I walk around so fucking guilty all the time, but if I learn anything from scorch and his wonderful attitude, especially the song that he sings in the middle of uh-huh. the second trial, it's that like, you know, you gotta learn to forgive yourself. You know, these are some of the best Christian films I've ever seen. <laughs> well, uh, we'll all be there opening day pulling for scorch. All right. Next up is Scott Cooper's Black Mass. Are you excited for this one? I am. Um, I uh, years. It's so interesting. Years ago, I read the book Black Mass uh, that oh, this really? is, I guess, based on. Okay. Um, but the book was written before Whitey Bulger was caught, and so you know that I, I'm sure that'll add some. And then, and then I saw that documentary Whitey, which is fascinating, and. Everyone should see it as soon as they can. Um, and so I feel like to delve into this guy who's been sort of a legend for so long and really try to figure out who he is and how he operates. And more specifically, what I think is the more interesting part of the story is his involvement with the FBI and how in many ways it is just as complicit in his crimes. Now they didn't necessarily kill anybody, but they, they basically let him do it with impunity. And that, that to me, if right. they can, if they can capture that quality, um, and I think by emphasizing as they have in in the ads by by and 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 by advertising in general, um, I just said general twice. I apologize. Um, emphasizing the ensemble nature. You of say it, it a third time. The general from the general ads appears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he kills you. Yeah. Um, and just rips Go, your heart. Out R- rips out your heart. Um, so. I do think that it's, you know, it, it, it'll be obviously about Whitey Bulger first and foremost, but I do hope that there'll be some really solid supporting characters. And I think with that cast, they can't help but have it be that. And I'm also excited to see Johnny Depp in this type of performance. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, as much as I, as much as I wasn't a huge fan of public enemies, I thought he was really great in it yeah. and it'll be fun. It'll be intriguing to see him play certainly still still kind of an over the top character in some ways but still a real person right so um okay uh the perfect guy uh, i don't know much about it but i know it stars sana lathan michael ely and morris chestnut all oh, yes. actors that i like i did see a trailer for that and it uh it f- it feels like i don't know there's there's a in in the in the uh not many. So the movie journal, uh-huh. uh, we were talking about like culture and subculture and that sort of thing. And 
the perfect guy does seem to be, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it does seem to be very much for like a black audience and just the sort of the histrionic quality of it seems to echo. What was the, what was that thing with, uh, Idris Elba? Um, but just like, I gotta remember that. but there, there, there have been like over the last few years, like kind of no good uh, deed. Is that what it is? There's a movie called that. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. I think that might be it. And so there, there, there have been a few movies released over the last few years that have been like very much for, for a black audience and are sort of high melodrama, um, with like a thriller, like a, a vaguely like nineties erotic thriller quality to it. And I saw a trailer yeah. for this and it looks like, Honestly, it looks like trashy fun. That's um, what I, and I hope it's because that was what you're talking about. That conversation that came up a lot was that there was a time in like the 90s and early 2000s where there were a lot of movies being made and aimed at the black audience yeah. that were good movies. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed to like devolve into almost like, well, let's just crank these things out. And sure. This audience will go see them. And it seemed like, uh, you know, uh, I get part of it. Eventually Hollywood did the same with the black audience, what it does with every other audience, which is realize like, oh, we can just pander, right? (laughs) Right. This is easy. But it was uh, like with Beyond the Lights coming out last year, which was Gina. I always forget how you said her last name. Price Blythewood, something like that. Oh, boy, I don't remember. Uh, Prince Blythewood. Anyway, um, her first film since Love and Basketball, which is part of that earlier crop. I'm talking Mm. about of great, great movies that came out when I was in high school and college college um and now hopefully we're getting back to like uh you know good black dramas and comedies uh i don't know i haven't seen go ahead i haven't seen either of the best man movies which they're they're making a third one i believe there's a, there's like a long gap between the first and second one. Right? Yeah, but the second one was a huge hit. Yeah, so yeah. I think they are making well the first one's just called the best man. Mm-hmm. The second one's called the best man holiday. I think so. And, and then I, I, saw, I saw the title for the third, third one. I can't remember what it is. Do you Best feel, man funeral. I don't let, know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn. Um, do you ever feel in an instance like this, you know, like do you, would you feel weird about going to see this movie almost like not weird? Like, Oh, I'm seeing something that like I'm seeing something that wasn't meant for me. And maybe in me in me going to see it, Am I try? Am I trying to like prove something to somebody? Is this more about the fact of me going to see it than actually seeing it? Do you ever I mean, feel that it's way? Getting good reviews, I'd, and that's you know to go back to these movies that I'm talking about. Like I would go to like in high school. I would in the late '90s. I would go to these. I would. I didn't think anything about it. It was just like yeah. I've heard good things about this movie, and I'd go see. I saw like the brothers. You know in. <laughs> Speaking of Morris Chestnut, um, in the theater, I I didn't think anything of it, but it did sort of become that to a certain point where it's like it became marketed like, oh, this movie has a a majority black cast. It's being marketed to the black audience. And it almost had this feeling of like, I'm not uh, supposed to be seeing this. And and often these types of movies that are aimed at either a black audience, Latino audience, whatever aren't screened for critics as extensively as right. other movies. They're treated as, uh, niche commodities. Uh, and we're sort of tempted to think of them that way. And that's a, that's a shame, but hopefully, you know, that's changing. Yeah. It's cause I mean, certainly beyond the lights was a huge critical success yes, it was. last year. And then, um, I, and it's a pretty good, it's a very good movie, not perfect, but it's very good. And I feel like, yeah, it's something that I'm always, 
just wary of is, is, you know, am I seeing this for the, if, if it's, if it's clearly quote unquote, not for me. And you and I've talked about how like any good movie is a movie for me, that movie's right, yeah. for me, you know? Um, but as far as the intentions of the filmmakers and maybe the studio, I care less about that, but like, um, is to reach out to a very specific audience that is not me. And I still go see it. Like I just, uh, part of me feels like I'm, I'm, saying like no i can come to this clubhouse too yeah <laughs> i have got plenty of movies for oh, me right, but i so want yours too your fear is that they don't, they don't want you there or just that they'll feel uh that, that you know they might feel like i'm i'm taking i'm just taking one more thing it's just like i don't know you know what i mean i guess but i, I don't i i that wouldn't have crossed my mind yeah, I guess some of this comes from the, I don't know. Did I ever tell the story? And I know we don't have a whole lot of time. I apologize. Um, did I ever yeah, tell the story more time on the perfect guy than I thought? We would. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I ever tell the story of seeing think like a man? No. Okay. It's one of the most awkward experiences I've ever had ever. And I, and I took it, I didn't think it was going to be good, but I thought like, you know what I'll, every once in a while you and I will, will take one for the team. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, Definitely. and so, I went to see it and it was playing at the, uh, at the Grove. Okay. And it was clear that this was half critic screening and half, uh, audience preview. Yeah. Yeah. So as I was walking up, I saw a long line of people and all of them black. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's, that's who the film was marketed towards. And, and obviously like with this preview screening, like that's, they probably got tickets like through a radio station or something like that. That's pretty common. Um, right. And so One of those black radio stations, I didn't, did I say it with that tone? <laughs> no. Okay. Not at all. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And so, uh, <laughs> so I, I looked at the line and I, and I was already a little bit, I, I was running a little bit late. Um, the movie hadn't started or anything, but like I wanted to get a good seat and all that sort of thing. And so I was like, ah, shit. I got to stand in this line. Then I saw this table over here that says critics table. Uh huh. No line there. And so I'm like, well, that's why I'm here. So I just walk past, I just walk past all these people standing in line and just walk to the front of the line and, and just, uh, yes, there's my name on the list. I'll just walk on through and, uh, all of those people. And again, when I say those people, I don't mean black people. I mean, just whoever was there for the audience screening. Um, it's just, that's demographically what it happened to be. They had to put their cell phones in a bag and check them. I could keep mine in my pocket. But that happens at these sort of uh, screenings all the time. Absolutely. Just because the people in this line were all not white, it occurred to you? Story story not done. Oh. I then walk into the theater, and like I said, I I was a little bit late. So the crowd was already there. You know, people Uh were, there were still some seats, you know, people were still coming in. I walk in and I quickly realize I don't need to worry about my seat. Uh Oh my gosh, David, this was so horrendous. (laughs) I walk in and it's, you know, it's stadium style seating. So you can see the whole crowd Uh and what you see or what I saw was, a you know, just a, a, mostly mostly black people but then right in the middle in what people could say are the good seats just a a little square white (laughs) and those were the critics and there was like again it's like it's literally it's the difference between audience and critic and that's it but in this particular instance there was a racial uh, racial divide Uh. and so it's just like 
So I walk up and I'm like, yeah, I've got a seat right there. And so it's like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. I got to get to my good seat. Excuse me. So I sit down like everything. When you cut a hostess cupcake in half. (laughs) Exactly. 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 And it's just like, and it felt so like there was no malice involved in any of this on the part of anybody. But boy, oh boy, if I was one of those people standing, if I was standing in line, if I was having to check my phone and then I look at that, I just think like, boy, this feels <laughs> a little familiar. Uh, I don't know. It just is such an awkward, awkward experience. Um, and then the fact that everybody in the theater was laughing except the middle section is just like, oh, this really, because <laughs> I specifically looked at like the people next to me, like they're not laughing. But if I look to my left, they're laughing. <laughs> and it just, uh, it was that's, such a strange experience. That's fantastic. So because of that, I, I tend to be a little sensitive towards seeing it. these movies. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, 99 homes. I'm excited about this because it's from, uh, Ramin Barani who made, uh, chop shop and man push cart and, oh, okay. uh, at any price, which was his last one. Definitely not as well received as his other ones, but still mm-hmm. a good movie. Um, and this is, uh, about, or it stars Andrew Garf- Andrew Garfield, Michael Shannon and Laura Dern. I like that. And I like and, all three of them. Uh, it's about you know, real estate, but you know, what it'll be, if, you, if you've seen any of his movies, it will be uh, sort of social realist type of movie. Okay. Um, Everest. Are you excited about Everest? Sure. I kind of am. I'm sure from a spectacle standpoint, it'll be pretty amazing. But it looks like kind of the standard thing for me. Yeah, but I, I feel like um, the director, Baltazar, Baltazar Kormakur, who's an Icelandic director, who I knew of originally as like a Icelandic sort of made small indie films mm-hmm. like uh, 101 Reykjavik and uh, The Sea, I think was him. And then he came to America and made big dumb movies including what was the one what was the mark Wahlberg movie a few years ago uh contraband oh yeah where he's scratching his back <laughs> yeah he's scratching his back on the on the on the on the on the one sheet um and i saw contraband and it's not good but there are so many things about it that i love mm-hmm. like it's uh, uh well i love that he is that he shoots on location that he like uh that he shoots in in new orleans and then they go to now i can't remember what island they go to in that movie but there's a shootout that is just the most ridiculous absurd over-the-top violent thing uh and i uh, there's a part of me that really respects his commitment to what he's doing that he's gonna make a movie version of everything and it's going to be like uh you, you know you you think you want an action sequence and then he's going to like splatter brains and bullets all over the mm-hmm. screen and it's uh still exciting but it's like oh i was not prepared for that yeah uh i kind of feel like that approach to everest could be good uh, oh, i don't absolutely. know i'm seeing it in a couple weeks and it, I'll, I'll find out if i'm right or not I mean, it certainly looks very harrowing and very exhausting, and that's fine. I, I'm sure it'll be a very effective movie, but um, I don't know. Just I, survival tales outside of the show Survivor, apparently. Um, I'm only ever so interested, and I know that sounds terrible um, because I'm sure, again, the spectacle of it 
will probably pull me in and I'll be totally invested in all that. But, uh, I don't know. It's, and th- there's been some talk of, uh, like Oscar nominations and stuff that it could be in kind of a somewhat weak year. It could be not necessarily a front runner, but like a definite contender. Yeah. I don't think this is a weak year. You don't think so? No. Interesting. I guess we'll talk more about that yeah. as we go along. Yeah. There's some stuff coming out. That's going to be good. Okay. Um, let's run through a few more things for September. Uh, time out of mind. You're seeing soon. Yeah. Uh, that's the new, um, I forgot how you say his name. Orrin Moverman. Orrin Moverman film. Uh, Cooties stars Elijah Wood. Hotel Transylvania 2. Never saw the first one. Um, Stonewall, uh, which is a movie about the Stonewall riots, um, and is of interest to me because it's directed by Roland Emmerich, who makes, you know, big budget uh, movies that I find to be terrible. Yeah, usually. if anything, doesn't it seem like he and the director of Everest should have switched places? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, the Visit, which, did you see that or you are seeing it? I am seeing it. You are seeing it, okay. Yeah. And then there's... You know I, how I feel about Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Uh, all of his movies have one or two things that keep me from uh, really embracing them, uh, with the exception of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is his best film. Um, Castaway. You bo- we both like yeah, Castaway uh, I've said, And I, I do like uh, a lot of things about Castaway. Um, but he's, ma- he's making a movie called The Walk, which I never saw Man on Wire because if you – if I read half a sentence of the description, I break out in a cold sweat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can watch the walk. Here's what I think is absolutely. For those who don't know, it's a, the fictionalized version of the same story about yeah. Philip Petit. Yeah. Anyway, Pettit. I don't know. I think probably Pettit. Um, <laughs> let's just really embrace that, uh, St. Louis aspect of you. Um, okay. no, uh, yeah, J- I've never seen man on wire either. And Jen was actually watching it the other day. And as I was, as I, I stopped and watched some of it with her and, uh, had to stop because I was having a, a physical reaction to what I was seeing. Here's what I think is the brilliance of the walk. It's in 3d. Are you yeah. shitting yeah, me? That's, I, I don't that's know. that would destroy me. All the more reason that I don't know if I can see it. Like I, I remember, you know, when 3D really started blowing up several years ago. I remember saying, like, right now it's a it's a gimmick. It's a way to boost ticket sales and 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 ticket prices. But and this is me several years ago. It's like, but once like real filmmakers embrace what it can do. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, imagine saving Private Ryan in 3D, you know, where mm-hmm. the 3D immerses you in the experience, but maybe it's an experience you don't want to be immersed in. Right. Here we have the walk and that's it. Like that is a great example of what I'm talking about where the, like you are, you would feel this level of fear in a way I would still feel it, but like in a way that you couldn't possibly otherwise. So I feel like I'm going to see it and I feel like I, I will have to see it in 3d, but I feel like it will wreck me yeah. by the end. Yeah. I might, uh, I might have to excuse myself. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. I was going to say okay. more about 3d and how great life of pie is, but, Oh, uh, that's, that's a wonderful use yeah. of it too. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to October. Okay. Ridley Scott's the Martian. I'm really interested in the cast and the premise, yeah. but I think uh, I have lost faith in Ridley Scott, so I, uh, I, I'm a bit wary. Yeah, I, a bit wary. I lost faith in him a, a while ago, except that I think he's a, he's a capable director, and if there's a good premise, 
and a good cast, I think he'll realize it. Not a good year. No, there you go. Uh, thank you. Very um, proud of myself. As you should be. Uh, <laughs> Just to update the listeners, very proud of myself right now. I think what, what, and of course this is all based on trailers and stuff that you, that you read. I feel like, you know, we just talked about the, about Castaway. I feel like The Martian would probably be more effective if it was done like Castaway. Like, I want to see him alone on that planet. I don't like the idea of seeing the attempts to rescue him because I feel like that right. provides. And I haven't seen the film. It could be wonderful, but I feel like already that's the thing that got me was I want to see this guy slowly go insane um, and then he gets rescued, you know, um, or a long chunk of him alone and then. And maybe that's how it's structured. I don't know. But I feel like it feels like a very accessible and a very safe way to make that movie, which I feel like is probably Ridley Scott. I feel like he's accessible and safe and he used to not be that. Yeah. 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 He just wants uh, a setting that will allow him to make elaborate images. Yeah. That might be striking on their own, but don't necessarily bear a relationship to the fabric of the film well yeah uh, the way that his movies used to yeah there's such a thing as as having like a a shot or an image that's just beautiful but also completely soulless and i feel like that's kind of what he does yeah um goosebumps i'm you know what i'm kind of excited for it it sounds like silly fun and uh and if you were raised on the goosebumps books as i was um i was not it's just, I think my family was just, my parents were just happy, like just that I was reading anything. And so, uh, I read a bunch of goosebumps books and then, and so I like the idea of sort of just from a nostalgic point of view, just sort of revisiting some of those in the form of this movie. Uh, I'll wait and see what the reviews are. If they're bad, then I won't see it, but if they're even mildly good, I probably will. Um, That's a, that's a movie pass movie. Yeah. I was reading, Sounds like I'm bragging about myself. Maybe I am, but I was, I didn't read goosebumps because I was reading, uh, Stephen King and Dean Koontz mm-hmm. very young. Yeah. And so I already like had this feeling like, Oh, that's kids stuff. Although I did really like, um, Christopher Pike who is not, he wrote like they were marketed as a, as young adult, adult novels. And I think he as a person always had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. That's not, he was writing horror stories yeah, and they were marketed to young adult because they were, they were pretty fucked up. Some of the, some of the stuff he wrote. Uh, yeah. Christopher Pike. I don't know if that stuff holds up, but I was pretty into it. Uh, the one and only RL Stein book I've read is the one that he wrote for adults, mm-hmm. which even as like a middle school kid, I was like, I know this is like great that it has all this like sex and gore in it, but this is not a good book. It really wasn't a good book. I think it's called superstition or superstitious. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was probably about a, for probably about a year that I read a lot of like goosebumps book and just enjoyed them. And then I think I moved into Peter Benchley. Oh, all right. Who's um, not for children, by the way, I should specify that. <laughs> um, our brand is crisis. I'm very excited about this because uh, it's uh, David Gordon Green. Ah, uh, yes, and it also stars Sandra Bullock, uh, whom I've always been a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's it's in to be a fan of Sandra Bullock now, but I always was. E- hmm. Like, is it, I feel like, like people what, are turning on her again. Really? Yeah. Well, everyone was on her 
uh, side after what, like her husband cheating on her. Obviously, that definitely. Oh, okay. Uh, and then after that was Gravity. Well, she won. Everyone she won an Gravity. Oscar for Blindside, and well, I think a lot of people really a, liked that. I mean, our people. Oh, our people. Yeah, oh, okay. our people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy, that sounds really shitty. Um, but the at the same in the center but, of the theater, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that the thing as shitty as that is, it's never going to be as shitty as The Blind Side. So uh, it all works <laughs> out. Um, yeah. No, I guess. I guess with. I think we saw the acting achievement in um, Gravity, and I think yeah, we probably turned to her side. So yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, um, Suffragette. Okay. Uh, it's Carrie Mulligan and Meryl Streep telling the story of suffragettes in uh, England, right? It's in England? Probably. Um, I think so. Um, Directed by? Sarah Gavron. I don't know. I don't uh, know her. Um, her name doesn't sound familiar. It's so, it's, uh, that's exciting to me, uh, but it does kind of have this feel of just uh, the kind of movie you get at this time of year. <laughs> Yeah, it could be, you know, but at the same time, it could be Milk. Right, Who's to say? That's true. Um, It could be Amelia. It could be Milk. Oh, here's one I'm excited about. Okay. Or at least not excited about so much as interested in. Truth, starring Robert Redford as Dan Rather. Have you heard about this? I didn't know. I didn't. What is this? It's... Is about the is about of, the the thing the about the end of his uh, career on CBS yes, the disgraceful end of his career yes <laughs> yeah um, I don't know why you're still mad about it yeah but, because uh, I remember I mean it all worked out like he I know it's <laughs> like, everything worked out fine it's uh, it just uh, it just bothers me when like somebody who has the level of respect that he had and and esteem and like trustworthiness yeah um, is just and yes like. He was quote unquote like uh, against like my side, but that's not the issue. Um, I just I feel like I feel like journalists have a certain responsibility, and whether it be Brian Williams uh, embellishing or Dan Rather, uh, so I'm not uh, I'm not defending any of that. Uh, that's no. why I want to see the movie. I want to see how they handle it. Yeah, if, I, if it ends up lionizing Dan Rather and saying like he he got railroaded, that would be very bad. I could see Robert Redford doing. He didn't direct it though, right? No. Okay. Who directed it? James Vanderbilt. There's a lot of names I don't know this fall. Maybe that's yeah. why you think it's going to be a bad year. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But we do have a new Danny Boyle film this year. It's called Steve Jobs. Yeah. Stars which looks... Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs. Uh, wait, what now? Um, and it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Now, I think it will be a lot of, I think it'll be really interesting. It's certainly the, the ad campaign for it has been very intriguing. I, it does feel for a number of reasons, like they're trying to recapture the social network. Um, not merely because of Aaron Sorkin's involvement, but also, and not merely about computers, but also again, in how they're trying to roll it out there. It, it has that kind of vibe to it and it could be really good. Um, I do feel like the uh, one of the reasons that Social Network worked for me was that the very... I won't say that um, David Fincher's direction is down-to-earth, but it is methodical, uh-huh. and it is workmanlike, and I think he, has, he had a way of grounding the flowery prose of uh, Aaron Sorkin. Danny Boyle is not that. Right. So I feel like 
this thing could be could just go soaring into the air and wind up being so big and and over the top that I think it it could wind up being too much. Yeah, it could go could go either way, but I generally uh, believe in Danny Boyle. Yeah, I do too. Um, I even like Slumdog Millionaire. I, I feel like a lot of people turned on Slumdog because it won the Oscar. It's good. It's a good but movie. I, yeah, I like that movie. And I don't know, think it deserved the Oscar, but what movie wins an Oscar that actually deserves it? That's not the way, like... No Country works. for Old Men. All right, there you go. Um, I think that was the last one. But no, because uh, that was... Blood should have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, between those two. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like... So, it all... I guess it's all comes down to opinions. I guess. You can believe that. Uh, Free Held is a movie starring Julianne Moore and Ellen Page. Oh, yes, yes. I saw uh, the poster for it the other day. Uh, I like that cast. Steve Carell's in it. I like that. All right. And it's, I, so based on, I'm going to base this entirely on the poster. Is it about, uh, like the fight against prop eight or is it about just the fight for like marriage equality or something like that? I think it's about, um, Ellen Page and Julianne Moore are a couple. Oh, here it is. A lesbian couple who challenge a discriminatory partner benefits law in New Jersey when Moore's character, police officer, Lauren Hester becomes terminally ill. So it's, I think it's about the rights of uh, long-term couples um, to visit one another in the hospital or take care of one another. Doesn't this seem just a lot like Philadelphia? Like, I, it's been a long time. I don't know. Just the, I haven't seen Philadelphia in a long time. Because there's even like an illness that involved and all that. It's, right, but it's um, lesbians. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, I know you're excited about Pan. Oh. All right. Me too. I like Joe Wright as a director. He's very interesting. I don't even have that going for me. I got, I got no dog in this. Did you see Anna Karenina? I forget. Uh, I did. And I didn't like it as much as you. We talked about it. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I like pride and prejudice. I like Anna Karenina. Neither of us really liked uh, atonement. Uh, I liked Hannah. I thought it was all right. Um, I didn't see that one, but yeah. Uh, pan man. Yeah. Uh, visually it looks very striking. I'm sure it'll be a fun theatrical experience as his movies visually tend to be. Um, but uh, who, who gives a shit? Like it's Not just me. I mean, I grew up loving the story of Peter Pan, loving the character of captain hook. I still do. Um, and part of me is like, just tell the story, just tell the actual story. Yeah. I mean, again, it looks very visually striking. Just tell it that way. And it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, it's, <laughs> what's the problem here? (laughs) Like it's, it's not rocket science. Just you're you're with your clever little prequel. You're not going to be adding anything to this. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not. It's, you know what I mean? Like you're just trying to find a new way. It's like, yeah, it's it's like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Right. You know, which I never saw, but, uh, it's pan starring Hugh Jackman. It's like, Oh, he's playing Peter Pan. No. Oh, so he's playing captain hook. Nope. He's playing, he's playing Blackbeard. Blackbeard, the precursor to captain hook who, as we all know, was a prospector. What? <laughs> okay. You clearly know more about this movie than I do. And, um, and it's Garrett, Garrett Hedlund doing uh, a very obvious, you mentioned there will be blood. He's doing a very obvious Daniel Plainview, uh, well, vocally well, as well. Makes wow. no sense at all. All right. Uh, beasts of no nation. I'm definitely very interested because I'm a fan of director, Kerry Fukunaga. Yeah. Uh, and this is a movie about um, a 
boy in an, according to this article, an unidentified African country who was orphaned and then recruited into a rebel army by the battalion's commandant, played by Idris Elba. I like that. So I like I, Idris yeah, Elba as a warlord. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, the Last Witch Hunter. I don't know. Oh, is that with uh, Vin Diesel, Diesel? Yeah. And also Rose Leslie, whom you don't know who that is because you don't watch Game of Thrones. That's true. But she played Igret on Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, now, what about Legend? Are you excited about Legend? Legend. So when we're talking about releasing two people. Oh, I'm sure that's interesting. It's, uh, did you receive the craze? No. Not C R A Z E, K R A Y S. No. Uh, um, neither did I, but, uh, it's the true. It was a movie 20 years ago, 25 years ago about, uh, British, uh, gangsters who were brothers. Oh, okay. that's, that's who, uh, Oh, is that what legend is about? Tom Hardy is playing both of them. Yes. I always, uh, army hammer style. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a certain button inside of me that, uh, that, uh, somebody can push by having an actor play, brothers yeah uh and i'll almost always enjoy that part of it at least directed by brian helgeland i like that so in tom hardy elizabeth browning emily browning is what i meant to say uh from sucker punch okay and david thewlis okay i like him director of photography dick pope oh all right yeah so is this winning me over okay uh already i'm thinking of it in a very different way i thought it was gonna be okay i thought it was gonna be like more of a drama but it sounds like it's gonna be a lot more Actiony, I hope so. With Brian Helgeland and Dick Pope, I feel like right because Dick Pope is kind of right, but he well, also I does mean, like uh, Mike he, Lee stuff. Yeah, it. that's true. Yeah. Well, either way, it's going to look good. Yep, yep. Uh, I might be thinking of Bill Pope. Maybe I'm thinking of Bill Pope. Oh, maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, Gem and the Holograms. Did you ever watch it as a kid? No, neither did I. Maybe I should have because I don't have any connection to this. Yeah. I don't. Uh, uh, I know it's uh, the star is Aubrey Peoples, whom I know from ABC's Nashville, where she is not a very beloved character. So I wonder how that's going to. I don't know if they're going to be able to count on fans of ABC's Nashville buying tickets <laughs> because her character is one of the least popular characters on the show. Well, I mean, is she unlikable in a way that, like, you know, the. Um yeah, shit. The the boy king from Game of Thrones. No, no, unpopular. No, or just not like people a, just don't like the character. Yeah, people just don't like the character. Okay. Um, you know what I'm very excited for is Crimson Peak. As am I. Directed by Guillermo del Tormo. Yeah. Um, to borrow our friend Josh Fadim isn't here to do this movie preview with us. Yeah. So I will pronounce del Toro's name Guillermo del Tormo in uh, Josh's absence. So here's one of the things that fi- that I find fascinating about Crimson Peak. So, uh, so I know because I'm a Disneyland nerd that for years uh, Guillermo del Tormo decided <laughs> like, he he'd been he'd been working towards uh, a film adaptation of the uh, the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Now, of course, there was one in 2003 that was terrible, and he wanted to make Has it, it been that long. Yeah. Wow. And he wanted to make one that was actually scary, and so. And it was just in development hell for a long time. And so when I, but I had heard that it was like greenlit and then I heard it, that it stopped. And then I saw Crimson Peak, uh, the trailer for that. And I thought, okay, so he's still going to make his Haunted Mansion movie, but in a different way. Yeah. And apparently 
the Haunted Mansion was greenlit again, so he's just going to make two Haunted Mansion movies in a row. I have and no you know complaints what? about that. I think it's going to be great. And the cast for this one is Mia Vashikovska, Tom Hiddleston, and Jessica Chastain. I mean, I, come on. I love it because it's going to be like classy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. Um, be old school. All right. Uh, all right. Let me run this by you. All right. Burnt. Okay. Okay. Bradley Cooper plays an American Michelin chef whose ego and drug addiction had destroyed his career. Now, three years after flaming out, he's back in London to recoup some humanity in a three-star restaurant with the help of a British culinary artist, Sienna Miller. Does that sound good to you? Okay. It sounds good to me. Fine. It sounds fine. Next line. Director John Wells. Nope. I did not like August Osage County. I didn't say it. And I, you know what? But the first, the one he made before that was supposed to be good. And I already forget the name of it. Ben Affleck was in it. Did he, the, is it the company men? It might be the company men. I, I heard that, that was one. good. Yeah. Um, I don't but, think I've seen anything he's actually directed, but I've always heard that as a director, he's only okay. And that he should have stuck to producing. Yeah. Cause he produced like great television shows. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I'm sure other people have mentioned, it, I just haven't seen it. Bradley Cooper played, uh, an out of control chef before on television on the very short lived series adaptation of kitchen confidential where he played a character based on Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it was canceled very quickly, but okay. as an Anthony Bourdain fan, I remember it. And also as a Buffy fan, cause Nicholas Brendan, uh, oh, okay. Xander on Buffy was on that show. Um, but apparently I like, uh, I, so I what like you're the, saying is there's no point in seeing this movie cause you've already seen it. Basically. Yeah. It's a, if you saw kitchen confidential, all right, let's move on. Um, the Final Girls, I missed it at LA Film Fest. It sounds uh, cool. It's got Thaisa Farmiga in it, uh, an actress act- I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, Knock Knock is the new Eli Roth movie that is uh, getting a lot of press. Positive um, or negative? Kind of on the fence. Okay. Because um, it's like, I feel like the impre- like the among people who have seen it, it's like, yeah, this is really cool and scary. This also might be really misogynistic, or it depends on how you. This is this is the uh, this is the the press or the the buzz around the movie. Um, James White, uh, which was the Sundance uh, favorite, I think uh, our friend Matt, uh, our 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 man in Park City, as Scott calls oh, yeah, him, yeah. Matt Matt Warren, uh, saw and reviewed John, James White uh, for our uh, site. Um, Nasty Baby is a movie I'm uh, very excited about because it stars Kristen Wiig and Tunde Adebimpe from TV on the radio. Yeah. You know him from Richard getting married. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that sounds good. New paranormal activity movie, uh, rock the Casbahs, the new Barry Levinson movie we talked about, uh, because they were at comic con for yeah. some reason, but I don't care because Bill Murray was great. Yeah. It's, it's, and uh, I feel like Bill that Murray might be the best thing to come from it. Cause yeah. I feel like the movie doesn't look that good. Yeah. No, but it's got a fun cat. I mean, it's Bill Murray and Zoe Deschanel and Bruce Willis. So I don't know yeah. if he's fun or not, but, uh, I guess it depends good. on if he believes in the project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now bridge of spies. Uh, I am excited about this one. I'm a, uh, sucker for, uh, anything cold war related. Um, because I don't know. It's just such a fascinating, it's such a fascinating time in our history when we, we had an arch enemy. And we were always right. working against them, and they were always working against us, but we never it's like actually... like me with that Australian sci-fi. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're going to start a Cold War with one other person? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, and so, and it has to do with spy stuff, which I enjoy. Um, 
my concern is that it'll be, and you, you know what? Actually, I'm not even going to say it. Like, I, I don't. It's I'm going to. I trust Steven Spielberg enough. Um, yeah. To put aside any of my concerns and just let the movie be what it is, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And it's I, got it's got uh, that actor from uh, Mark Rylance. It? Mark Rylance. Yeah. But you still haven't seen watched Wolf Hall. Right? I have not. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, it also has Amy Ryan in it. Yeah, Don't it's wrong. Um, it is uh, according to this article. When I read this article, it said it's uh, Steven Spielberg's 29th feature film as a director and his fourth with Hanks. Yeah. And I went only four. Like, doesn't it feel like they? It does feel more? like there are more. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. You got your you got your Saving Private Ryan. You got that one. You got your Catch Me If You Can. Yep. You got your The Terminal. Yep. And I guess and this. Bridget it does Spies. feel like there should be more in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg didn't direct uh, Road to Perdition. Right. He didn't direct. He didn't do Polar Forrest Express. Gump. He didn't yeah. do Polar Express. He didn't do uh, Bachelor Party. He didn't do Joe versus the Volcano. That was That's John true. Shanley. That's true. Uh, he didn't move. do Catch Me If You Can. Shit! No, I got it wrong. He did do that <laughs> one. <laughs> Let's move on to November and maybe my most anticipated movie of the fall season. Okay. Carol, directed by Todd Haynes, based on a Patricia Highsmith novel. Okay. Um, who is best known for uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. Okay. Uh, but this one is um, not a mystery like she's known for. This is um, a, uh, well, as they uh, anatomically describes it, uh, Patricia Highsmith's Patricia High landmark 1953 lesbian romance paperback. And it stars Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Oh, man. As, um, I'm assuming lesbians who are in love with each other. This is a great season for uh, for lesbians. Yeah, it really is. Um, and you know, and you know what that means? Not to be too cynical, it's going to be a pretty good best actress race. <laughs> <laughs> well, ten, you can use tends, it, yeah. to, tends to be how it works. But uh, I love Todd Haynes. Um, I love Far From Heaven. So the idea of him making another 1950s uh, period piece yeah. is. Uh, right up my alley. I'm no, I really, see, really excited for this movie. I didn't see Mildred Pierce. Did you? No, I didn't. I, I feel like I would like that, it. Actually. And uh, and it's on HBO, so I feel like I should uh, make it a priority. You should. Good to it. Um, don't, don't tell me what to do. Creed. Are you excited for Creed? I am. So much. The fact that it's... It's a very effective trailer. I'll say that. I haven't watched uh, the trailer. Um the fact that it's Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. um, you know, reuniting after Fruitvale Station, which I thought was incredible, uh, makes me, I guess it entices me a little bit, but I don't know. Just the whole premise. Well, first off, the last Rocky movie was pretty good, which is Rocky Balboa. Um, but the fact that it's such a neat idea, and I actually, I actually applaud... Sylvester Stallone for moving his character into a supporting role. Right. And I think that's, it's natural. It's organic. I, I, I feel like it's, it's an, a really neat idea. I think what gets and and it certainly lo- it looks like a very gritty movie and Michael B. Jordan can, I think he can absolutely carry a film. I think he has a lot of charisma and, um, w- what fascinates me more than anything is that like it, it does, you know, seem to take place in gritty reality. And, you know, you have, uh, oh shoot. Adonis. Is it Adonis Creed? Is that the name of the character? Um, 
but uh, so he's Apollo yep. Creed's son. Yep. And so he talks about like, it's like, you know, I never knew my father. And what I want to say is like, yeah, you know why you don't know your father, right? He was punched to death by a programmed Russian, like by a Russian super soldier played by Dolph Lundgren. That's what the series was. <laughs> and now it's this gritty reality. Like it's just maybe it's a hard to separate. But isn't it like to <laughs> the thing like I know Rocky Balboa was supposed to be this you know, yeah. more touching father son story. Yeah. But I never saw it. But so my only connection to it is that Tom Sharp thing makes fun of this computer simulations got people talking. <laughs> so it still has simulations got people talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it still has silly stuff in it. The series, right? It does. But like, but that has more to do with like that idea is like stupid, uh, sports bullshit as opposed to <laughs> again, to go back to Cold War stuff. Right. Because uh, Rocky Four was a product of the Cold War, and at the end, when Rocky wins, spoilers, he then lectures the Russian people and basically ends the Cold War. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Rocky Four in a while. No, I've only but, seen Rocky. I've okay. Seen it many times, but I've never seen any sequel. Rocky Three is not bad, okay. but it's sorry, it's not bad for '80s Rocky movies. Um, no, the big the big uh, thing from Rocky Balboa that I that I think is hilarious because I worked at Blockbuster when it came out on DVD, and so the trailer was playing over and over again. And so, you know, Rocky's he's old now, and so he's talking to his trainer, and his trainer's like, "Well, look, you can't move. You know, you're not fast, so you're just going to have to beat this guy with just." just sheer strength you're just gonna have to be huge and so he talks about like so we're gonna have to start he goes your legs are nothing so we're gonna have to start building up your arms and then he says uh, a line that i i would laugh and cringe at the same time he'd be like he'd say let's start building some hurting bombs and i was like <laughs> and i remember just thinking like you can just call them bombs yeah hurting bomb i feel like they're supposed to be every bomb is meant to hurt and uh but yeah, let's start building some hurting bombs, which by the way, I've been doing a lot of upper body stuff at the gym. Uh-huh. And, uh, if you think that I go a week without thinking that line while I'm at the gym, <laughs> you are mistaken. Oh man. All right. Um, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, do you remember speaking of Rocky Balboa? Mm-hmm. So he made special Dylan made Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And then when he made the new Rambo movie a year later, it was originally now announced as the title being John Rambo. Mm-hmm. That's what they were going to call the movie, John Rambo. Right. Uh, which they didn't. And I remember after that was announced, our friend Matt Belknap said, please make Marion Cabretti. Please make Marion Cabretti. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the 33 uh, were Antonio Banderas and Rodrigo Santoro and uh, presumably 31 other actors yeah. play uh, the Chilean. No, it's the there only, there's only 12 and they just use mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> they play the uh, the Chilean miners who were trapped uh, in the mine um, for 69 days back in yes. 2010. I saw a trailer for that when I went to see War Room. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, there's a. It sounds like there's a big faith aspect of the film okay um, because it was a big part of these miners lives and um but the trailer looks pretty good um the cast is pretty solid and uh so i'm ten you know i'm cautiously optimistic about it okay um i'm very excited for the hunger games mocking j part two yeah this is like the one franchise that i'm 
into, uh, really. Yeah. I mean, well, there was Harry Potter. That's over. Yeah. Um, I've only read the first Hunger Games book, and I just thought it was okay. But I'm really into these movies. Yeah, I'm enjoying I'm, them. Uh, especially, I'm into the fact that Francis Lawrence is like being getting the respect he has long deserved. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really excited for the Hunger Games Part Two because it's the conclusion. It's supposed to be action packed, and also it stars. Um, I know you know there's Jennifer Lawrence and Liam Liam uh, Hemsworth and uh, the guy who plays Peta. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the new movie starring Jenna Malone and Natalie Dormer's haircut. So <laughs> <laughs> those are the things that I'm excited to see uh, this November 20th at the multiplex. And I will be there opening night probably because I have seen every Hunger Games movie opening night at the Vista with my wife. Um, I guess I only saw the last one with my wife before that. Yeah. It was my fiance before that. It was my girlfriend. But um so uh, I got to complete the tradition. So I will be seeing Mockingjay Part 2 opening night at the Vista, assuming it's playing at the Vista. Yeah, Jen and I saw the last one at a midnight screening, and uh, we're very excited about it. And she has read all the books, and she gave me, she told me a little bit about what happens in the third book and what's going to happen in this film. Well, don't tell me now. I'm not going to. Oh. What? <laughs> um, and uh, what I le- what it sounds and what the trailers are not, giving you which is smart is that like there's a lot more moral complexity to the i because we're dealing with revolution right and so revolutions yes even if you're going against an oppressive government the revolutionaries themselves are not always a hundred percent blameless oh and so i really like the idea of a movie delving into that good so um but again you've seen that of the dormer's haircut in the movie right I, I guess I have not. You, you saw it in the last one. She's got half her head shaved. I don't remember which character it's that really is. It's really badass. It's the one played by Natalie Dormer. Oh, okay, got um, it. The Danish Girl, directed by Tom Hooper. This is one of the, maybe, uh, I mean, I don't follow awards buzz as much as you oh, do. Is this one with Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, but I okay. feel like this is one of the buzziest in terms of awards movies sure. uh, coming out this year. Um, and I am, uh, I think I'm, excited i don't know i never saw the king speech and i think i want to keep it that way because almost everyone like most people i know whose opinions i am in line with didn't care much for it i think it's pretty good uh especially from an acting standpoint um and it's written pretty well it's it's a it's a fine movie it's not best picture um best actor sure but um I mean, he's, he's good with, he's good with actors. So certainly from that standpoint, I'm sure this film's going to be very good. Um, and well, very I am en- a, engaging. I am a defender of Les Miserables, his last film. Yeah. Which I don't love, but even then, uh, I feel like again, from a performance standpoint with the exception of Russell Crowe, which I don't blame him. He should, he just simply shouldn't have been cast. Um, See, I think he's fine and I'm not a Russell Crowe fan, but I think he's, uh, I think he's fine. Yeah. He's merely, he's merely I, fine in a character yeah. that needs to be huge. I see what you're saying. I, I don't mind that he can't sing though. If that's what you're, if that is, a, if that's a demerit for you, it doesn't bother me. The issue is, it has less to do with him being able to sing and more to do with him having a certain type of presence as he is singing, which he does not. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, spotlight, um, sounds very interesting because it's the new Tom McCarthy, uh, film. I know you are a huge Tom McCarthy fan. I am. He's got, he's three for four. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You like the station agent. Yeah. I know you love the visitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you didn't like win-win. Yeah. Piece of shit. What's the, what's his fourth movie? 
What am I missing? An obvious one? Uh, well, I'm being sarcastic. I liked Win Win quite a bit. It was one of my favorite of that year. Uh, oh. The Cobbler is the last one. <laughs> oh, see, I did. I blocked out. Yeah, if I had remembered that it was the Cobbler, I would have realized. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I've only, of those, I've only seen The Station Agent. I liked it. But the, You'd this, love The Visitor. Um, yeah, I'm sure I would. Um, this is about the Boston Globe's uh, investigative report of child sex abuse allegations in the Catholic Church. So it should be a fun time. Yeah, just a romp. You know, um, but look at this: Michael Keaton, already. All right. Rachel McAdams, Mark Ruffalo, Billy Crudup, and John Slattery. I think that's going to be great. That's a cast. You know, here's yeah. the thing, though. I think the problem might be that it's going to be too humorless. I think he functions best like with Station Agent and The Visitor and Win Win. Like he still tr- he still rings like some really solid drama out of that, but. Also, there's like a bittersweet quality to it. And I feel like this is just going to be mostly bitter, which it'll still, I'm sure, be effective. But at the same time, I feel like he's somebody who needs a certain degree, a certain sense of humor in his films. Next biopic. Okay. Trumbo. About Dalton Trumbo. Yeah. With Brian Cranston as Dalton Trumbo. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this. I did not um, because I try not to see Mm. those sorts of things. Uh, I mean, I love the idea of, uh, I mean, Dalton Trumbo is an interesting character for sure. Um, but, uh, struck by Jay Roach. Yeah. Who made mystery Alaska. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I'm at, uh, I think I maybe, I feel, I feel mean saying this, this is no fault of his, but, uh, I think I've re- reached a certain like Brian Cranston fatigue. Okay. Yeah. And not and the thing is, it's not even seeing him in that much stuff. I don't think I've seen him in anything since Breaking Bad ended. I saw him in Godzilla. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I feel like it's his. You, uh, uh, he, he's just ubiquitous in in terms of the internet. I guess still is in love with him, and also here's what it is. Do you want to know what it really is? Okay. Um, and I wasn't. This is a secondhand story from our, K, our friend uh, Kate Kolzik. Apparently, he was kind of uh, uh, a lech at a Comic-Con panel, like mm. to uh, a woman who was, during the Q&A, uh, a woman who was asking a question, he <laughs> complimented her on her globes. It's a little but, gross, right? Was she, was she uh, wearing a specific type of costume that in which there's like, uh, it was globe themed? Right, but I, I don't know. I don't think that would make it appropriate, though. Mm, I'm more okay. It'd be weird if it's if she said T-shirt, you know, but <laughs> just like right. That's very strange, Brian yeah. Cranston. But like, if it's like a costume thing and it's meant to like play that up, then I'm sure. Again, it's still untoward, which yeah. is a word I get. I enjoy using. Um, but I at least see where he's coming from a little bit more, if that is indeed the case. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, okay, this is all right. The, yeah. Okay. I think I'm with you on the Brian Cranston thing. Uh, here's what sounds so, so shitty. He was wonderful on Malcolm in the middle. Uh-huh. He was wonderful on breaking bad. I think he benefits from really good casting. Okay. He benefits from characters he can play. 
based on what I have seen of him in Trumbo, I don't think this is a character he can play. Huh. This is a character he can play up, but that's not the same. Uh, and I think, I think it's a problem with the film as well. It, everything is so stylized in such a specific way that it's like, it's, it's a based certain on the trailer based on the trailer, but also like you can get a visual quality. You can get a visual sense of the film based on the trailer. And you remember what you and I've talked about in the past with the uh, LA confidential, um, that yes, there is a gloss to it, but these, you know, not everybody it's like, it takes place in 1953. That doesn't mean everybody's driving a 1953 car right, right. wearing 1953 clothes. And this looks like the opposite of that. It looks like everything has a very high shine. It's got a nice polish to it. And that includes it's his, like, like big eyes was last year, which I didn't see. Okay. Um, and this looks like, first off, it looks like it's going to make this character flawless. And it's just going to make him such a champion of. I still, I mean, based on the trailer, and it's I based like on I the have trailer. To say that, like, yeah, you absolutely, absolutely. You can't know very much about a two-hour movie based on a hundred and fifty seconds. Sure, I, I had to do the math. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no question that uh, it could. I could be completely wrong. Um, I mean, my favorite movie of the year, uh, based on the trailer, looked horrible, and uh, so. You know, it's, uh, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am, but if I am, uh, so be it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You got to be careful, but how about this? I'm, I'm posh. I, I'm cautiously pessimistic about it. There you go. Um, here's one that I know. I never saw the original, the secret in their eyes, the Argentinian movie. This was okay, yeah. supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. Neither did I. Um, but the remake won the Oscar for best uh, foreign film that year. Sounds right to me. Um, they're remaking it by they, I mean, Billy Ray. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's he, he made, uh, shattered glass. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Breach. Great. And no one talks about how great it is. Nobody talks about that, that movie enough. Um, what else did he make? Um, I don't know what else he made. He's 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 written a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's writing. This is a little bit of news that I love. Um, they're finally making devil in the white city. Okay. With Scorsese directing. Okay. Oh, and DiCaprio. DiCaprio playing Holmes and Billy Ray writing. I feel like that's not a bad... That sounds awesome. Trifecta there. Sounds awesome. Um, Um, Yeah, but uh, this is Billy Ray and it stars Julia Roberts, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Nicole Kidman. Uh, Sign me up. I think I'm there. Yeah, I... Again, yeah, I should say that... All of our opinions here, anytime we do like a preview, we're talking about trailers and then... Article, directors, uh, directors, article descriptions. So like we could be completely wrong. And so when I talk about something based on a trailer, it's I'm, I'm talking about an opinion based on how the studio is presenting a movie, which is not always how the movie is. And so, um, right. But the trailer for the secret in, in their eyes looks really good and really intense. Speaking of studios, mm hmm. Uh, the good dinosaur is the next Pixar movie. Yeah. And, Pixar is the rare studio that we, that even like film geeks attribute more authorship to than the directors. Right. Sure. Um, and having loved inside out, uh, I, I guess I'm falling into the classic Hollywood thing of you only as good as your last movie Mm -hmm. because I was a Pixar skeptic for a long time because I have problems with up and Mm -hmm. I had problems with Ratatouille and I had problems with Wally 
You have problems with Wally? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but you love Toy but, Story 3. Uh, I love Toy Story 3, and I loved Inside Out. I didn't see any of the Cars or Planes uh, movies. Um, I mean, Monsters University was pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, but based on being so excited after Inside Out, I am excited for The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, Pixar for, has not... To me, I, I, its last like great movie was Toy Story three. Um, I didn't like car. I really didn't like Cars two. I thought it was insulting. And then uh, I didn't really like Brave. Monsters University was surprisingly good. I liked that one uh, quite a bit. And then I like, but I really like, but don't love Inside Out. Um, so yeah, it's. And then I saw a trailer the other uh, the other day for the Good Dinosaur. Looked, Where are you seeing all these trailers? Oh, when I saw War Room, there was like eight trailers. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And one of them was for The Good Dinosaur. But uh, anyway, okay, we can move on. I know we need to. Okay, um, what do you know about By the Sea? Nothing. Well, I know that it's directed by Angelina Jolie. I'm oh, sorry, Angelina Jolie Pitt. Okay. She's credited. Um, which uh, makes me skeptical, I guess, because I didn't care much for Unbroken. You saw the other one. I did. Uh, and you also didn't think. And I thought it was only okay. I just, directorially, I don't think she's. Hmm. As a storyteller, I think she leaves a lot to be desired. As a director, as far as like a visual sense and, and pacing sure, uh, and stuff, I think she's very good. But from a storytelling standpoint, I think she. I don't think she has good instincts. Um, I, yeah, I think she's... Um, it, again, this is something just based on Unbroken, but uh, she took a pretty superficial approach, I think. Yeah. And I, but I would say that's true visually, too. Like, yeah, it looks nice, but other than, like, I think the opening sequence of Unbroken is really good. The the um, the dog fight um, mm-hmm. in, in the in the air. Not It's not like a, not pit bulls, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Planes. Uh, dog fight um, is really good. After that, it just seems like, yeah, that's a pretty visual, but it's a little bit of an obvious choice. Well, that's the thing she's trying to capture in that movie. She's trying to capture iconic moments and then she does. And it's like, okay, that's great. What's underneath that. All right. No, nothing like that. Okay. That's when her job is done. Yeah. Um, now are you excited for specter? I am. Okay. Very, very, very much. Um, they put out a new poster today. Did they? This, oh, with a little like skull mask behind. Yeah, that uh, was, did some of this take place in Mexico? Was it like a Dia de los Muertos? I have no idea. I've I don't think f- I've I haven't even watched any trailers uh, for it. Um, which is weird. Like the movies that I've gone to see, you'd think I would have seen a trailer for it, but I actually have not, which I'm very excited about. Um, I loved Skyfall, and. I think I'm going to love Spectre. I really have enjoyed what they've been doing with the Bond series lately. Um, and, and like, you know, um, I like when things fall into place, you know, like in, in Skyfall, Money Penny comes along. Um, and just, and then with Spectre, there's the develop, just all the elements. Oh, and Q is in Skyfall for the first time. Um, and so all these elements that we associate with the James Bond world are sl- very slowly and in my opinion, patiently falling into place. Like they're not rushing it like mm-hmm. they do with any number of other franchises to the point that 
you don't even realize that you want that. You know, you're not, it's not like you're looking at your watch being like, okay, let's get to the things that I know because they're good already. And then once that happens, it's like it winds up being kind of a cherry on top as opposed to the thing you've been waiting for this whole time. And, uh, and with the, with Spectre being like, all right, the, the, the organization is well established now and now he has to fight against it. I like the idea of it and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Is there, I haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig, uh, bonds. Is there a Felix Leiter? In the, there is. Uh, who is it? Jeffrey Wright. Did he start in the Brosnan ones? Uh, I don't remember. I th- Maybe. I don't remember. Okay. All right. So that's Spectre. Then there's the Peanuts movie, so we can move on. Eh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, if it's done in the right spirit, then maybe. I, I feel, I like, I think the, the animation choices that they're making uh, are interesting. And uh, so I'm not I'm not writing it off. But I'll wait and see the see what the reviews are. Uh, there's the night before, which is the new um, film from Jonathan Levine, which a lot of people who talk about movies on the Internet, uh, they seem to like his movies. I've seen one of them. I did not care for it. Remind me of who he is again. Well, he made the Wackness. Oh, OK. Yeah, I didn't see. He made 50 50. Okay, which yeah. I did not like. Didn't see that. And he made Warm Bodies, which I think you oh, liked. Oh, I did. I right? liked that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe yeah, maybe I saw the bad one, but everyone loves Fifty Fifty, and I can't with that. I can't, I, I just can't even with that movie. <laughs> Ugh. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm like movie. Are you serious right now? Uh, this this. <laughs> That's about the. The time on the, I think I did, but I don't know if I told the listeners at the time. It was a couple of years ago on the train home from Comic-Con. There was a woman who got on who talked like that and was the entire, like for hours just on, on her cell phone telling the story of her weekend. She wasn't at Comic-Con, but she was mm-hmm. partying in San Diego or something somewhere else that weekend. And she was talking to one of her friends and telling just the whole story. And every time something, she was like, this is I, i'm paraphrasing but it was pretty close to this so I'm like so he's texting me like you know you're beautiful you know the kind of text that every girl should get uh-huh. and <laughs> yeah she says that <laughs> and then she goes and then i get to the party and he's hanging all over some other girl and i'm like are you serious right now <laughs> and then, like over the course of the story every time anything happened that upset her in the slightest her reaction and she was and i was like are you serious right now <laughs> that's how <laughs> you know what this that's this. that's how she talked the entire time but the best part is she said to her friend something that happened i laughed i think i laughed out loud and couldn't wait to get home and tell my wife about this uh she said to her friend i wish you would have been there you probably would have died <laughs> <laughs> You know, to revive a conversation we had recently, this woman sounds pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, that's the kind of people who like Jonathan Levine movies, is what I guess I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, I, cause, but I, I just can't even. So um, I saw The Light. Is, I'm not, that's not a declarative statement. That's the name of a movie in which Tom Hiddleston, again, okay. plays Hank Williams. Huh. From the director of Flash of Genius, which I didn't see. I did. Was it good? It's fine. Okay. Um, wow, he does. He looks like Hank Williams. That's, there's been a lot of internet uh, side-by-side pictures that I've seen. Like, I'm not looking at a photo or anything, but na- and, and I would never think of it. 
But when you actually, when someone says that, my first thought was like, what? Why on earth? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's intriguing. Um, Flash of Genius is nothing special. Um, it's fine, but so I feel like that guy doing a biopic of a, I don't know. It, when it's somebody like Hank Williams, like, well, they'll probably get another biopic at some point, but so let's get the, the forgettable one out of the way. Um, but with Tom <laughs> Hiddleston, I'm sure he'll find some interesting stuff to do in there. All right. Um, let's finish off November here. I don't have much, uh, love the Coopers is, a uh, a family, uh, drama, uh, a dramedy about one family's annual Christmas Eve gathering. Uh, sounds boring, but it stars Daniel, sorry, Diane Keaton, Marissa Tomei, Amanda Seyfried, John Goodman, and Olivia Wilde. That's a good cast. That's a good cast. Uh, Rings is the new Ring, new sequel to The Ring. There's more of them now. Oh, boy. It's Rings. They're coming out of the walls. Yeah. Is there, How many video is there, tips are there? Is there a Ring Queen? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right, what else? Uh, Victor Frankenstein. That's uh, James McAvoy as Victor Frankenstein and Daniel Radcliffe as Igor. They're, okay. they're promoting this at Comic-Con. I, don't, I wasn't there for it, so I don't know anything about it. Uh, Brooklyn, starring Saoirse Ronan and Domino Gleeson. I don't know what it's about. It's directed I, by John I like Crowley. both of them. Um, all right, I think that's November. Let's move on to December. All right. Let's go out with a bang here, David. Joy. What? The new David O. Russell film, Joy. Oh, okay. In which Jennifer Lawrence plays a woman over the course of 30 years, I think. Okay. Um, um, David O. Russell is enough uh, of a draw for me that I'll be just interested. Although it's, I feel like whenever, for the most part, whenever a director works with the same actor more than twice, uh-huh. my first thought was like, you're enabling each other. Stop it. Even yeah. if they're doing great work. I kind of feel like, I mean, De Niro and Scorsese did wonderful work with it. I don't know why I think this. I think it's the the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton thing. It's just like, stay away. Stop it. Yeah, DiCaprio and, and Scorsese again, stop it. I feel like what David o. Russell needs to back away from is not Jennifer Lawrence or uh, Robert De Niro, who is also in this movie. Okay. Um, but he needs to back away from award season and those and like sure i want him to make something yeah now that you've seen flirting with disaster yeah yeah and I did you ever see spanking the monkey i never did no <laughs> i wanted to go back to making that kind of stuff or if he's gonna make like prestige movies they should be unlikely prestige movies like three kings well when you think about it american hustle was an unlikely prestige film and premise and execution i felt like it lacked a lot of the uh david o russell that sort of maverick uh indie uh it's like he, what i'm looking for it's like he compressed all of his uh tendon all of his like david o russellisms into bradley cooper and jennifer lawrence right yeah oh bradley cooper's so great in that movie yeah <laughs> i just i literally when you mention him i just see him doing the louis ck impression doing the impression <laughs> of louis ck's face uh not being happy with the party uh that's the best part yeah um Okay, I, I want to watch American Hustle again just for it. It is a very Bradley it's it's like The Departed for me. Like I own it. Admittedly, I found it for three bucks, but I own it really. And uh, yeah, we were doing like in my complex here. We were doing like a like a garage sale, and somebody had purchased two copies by accident, so they had a oh. brand new DVD. So I bought it for two, like two or three bucks, and uh, 
And I do find myself wanting to watch it on a pretty regular basis, even though I still have only seen it the once. Couple movies I'm really excited for. Okay. One uh, everyone's excited for. It. It's called The Hateful Eight. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, you know, you try to be contrarian and be like, be like, nah, it doesn't look that good, and you're incorrect. Yeah, you know, it, it's when I say you, I mean me. It's. I went in being like, there's a lot of hype around this thing. Uh, I'm sure it's only so so, and then I. I did watch the trailer for it and I'm excited about a lot of the performances, most notably Tim Roth. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't wait. I was a little bit reluctant. A lot of people were, I was a little bit reluctant that he's going back to the Western thing, but because it's all taking place in one, it's like, it's, it's such a different type of Western Yeah, that I think it's, I think it's basically a different genre at this point. I, I, I wouldn't care if he just made Westerns the rest of his career. I was like, if they're going to be good, yeah. a good movie is a good movie, right? And Ennio Morricone yeah. is doing the music, which I think is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also excited, but maybe a little bit ca- more cautiously so, for Sisters, starring Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, okay. because I love them. Yeah. Um, and the premise is that they're sisters who are now grown. They're Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's ages. Yeah. Uh, and they find out that their parents are selling their childhood home so they decide to throw a rager uh in the house like they were teenagers again and i guess spend the okay. night living as teenagers who's it, directing uh jason moore i don't mm. know who that is i don't think i know that uh maybe that's part of my uh hesitation i just uh, i feel like i can't get excited for studio comedies anymore you gotta see spy uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I like, but I see that. Yeah, I guess that's a name that I know. Paul Feig and I like, uh, Lord and Miller. Um, but I'm not sure that there's any other mainstream comedy directors. Yeah. Did you and I, did we have this conversation, uh, on the air that just like it is, or maybe I was talking with somebody else about it. I don't remember, but like, it is strange. Like when I look at my top 15 or 20 it's very rare that a com uh, year to year it's very rare that like a standard run-of-the-mill comedy will be on there like yeah. you'll get something like her which has a lot of funny in it but there's a lot of not funny in it as well um well i had they came together in my top 10 yeah. last year and, and obvious enough, child which is a kind of enough comedy. said was enough mine said. a couple years but yeah ago, but, I'm, like, but i'm talking like big, but those are indie those are yeah, yeah. Big, i'm talking about big studio comedies which I mean, the the landscape for those is so barren that last year you had perfectly reason, perfectly reasonable people embracing neighbors as if it were anything other than a pile of crap, <laughs> which is what it is. It's uh, not kidding, front to back from go to woe. It is uh, nothing but a waste of time. Uh, I'm uh, very excited, despite myself, for the Revenant. Yeah. Uh, now that that's the rare trailer that I did watch. Because we talked about it on uh, the Out Now podcast when we were guests yeah. on that. I thought it's a fantastic trailer. Um, even though I was not uh, over the moon with uh, Birdman last year, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still looking forward to seeing what uh, Inara 2 is going to do this time. Yeah, he's there's a virtuoso quality to his filmmaking, especially now. And I... Yeah, I mean, it just looks like such a fascinating way to make this strange Western. Um, 
And my hope is that it's not going to be um, airless. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely know what you mean. Um, that it's that there will still be like a lot of hope and a lot, uh, not hope, not, that does not look like this movie, a lot of like heart to it and a lot of grit to it and that like he's not so consumed with capturing technical qualities right. that he neglects the performances and the characters and just the world that he's created, which I don't think he necessarily will because though I I could see certain, there is a certain airlessness in Birdman, but he's willing to linger on the characters, uh, you know, when he needs to. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also excited for it quite a bit. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm not excited for based solely on, I've, I know nothing about this movie other than what I read here in entertainment. Okay. Movie. All right. Wow. Me. It's called, uh, I said, I'm not excited. For I know it. it's still, it's called daddy's home. Okay. It's a comedy. Uh, when a father, Mark Wahlberg, suddenly has to compete for the affections of his two kids against their new stepdad, Will Ferrell. Boom. Things go off the rails pretty fast. Now, uh, here's why I'm not excited for it, because it's a studio comedy being released on Christmas Day. Yeah. And also because, now I know I judge you for, not really, I'm joking, but I tell you not to judge movies based on trailers. Right. Right? Based just on this and the fact that Linda Cardellini plays the wife slash ex-wife. I am already bemoaning the fact that Linda Cardellini is completely wasted in this role. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I know I've seen enough movies yeah. to know she's not going to be. Yeah. Uh, she's she there's only one word for her: long suffering. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the only way to describe it. Um, who directed it? Uh, Sean Anders and John Morris, who co-wrote Horrible Bosses Two. Oh. That's how they got the the gig. <laughs> Because they co-wrote Horrible Bosses too. Uh, now, are you excited for Point Break? No. Um, that I did see a trailer for, and maybe the actual film will be more fun. Um, except it doesn't look like it. It looks like like the original Point Break. It had there was a, there was a seriousness to it, obviously, but also like there was still a sense of fun, and it was all just it was all so strange and kind of goofy but But also very serious about the like friendship at its center right exactly and i feel like that's that that's what made it work whereas this one and i think as time has gone on people like have a reverence for point break and that reverence is how this movie feels and it's just like oh good now it's just you know no i mean i think point break is one of the greatest action movies of all time i'm a huge huge fan and I, but I also am the kind of person who doesn't believe that a shitty remake ruins the, uh, oh, the sure. thing I already like, you know, oh, no, um, no. you know, uh, that the RoboCop movie from, was that la- late last year or early yes. this year? Late last year? Yeah. Um, oh no, no, it was, no, it was, uh, it was like February of last year. It's February of 2014. Mm-hmm. It was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. You may recall um, that it, uh, it was the worst movie of the year, according to the Battleship Pretension com- contributors. Oh, wow. Um, but that movie didn't uh, make Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop not exist anymore. No, not at all. If anything, it made it exist more. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've said that Poltergeist is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and I liked... Yeah. I, I, I don't need to sit there and say, like cross my arms and stare at the screen and be like, be as good as the yeah. thing. Like 
the Poltergeist remake is a good movie. Yeah. It's not as good as Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, and I didn't go in expecting it to be. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's, so, like, it's like Dawn of the Dead. They can both exist. They can right. both be completely very different or even yeah. similar, and it's fine. Um, and uh, that, So I guess that's why I may be cautiously optimistic about Point Break. The one thing I am uh, skeptical about, or I'm, I, you've seen a trailer? Yeah. Let me guess. It ends with uh, rated PG-13. Right. Well, I don't remember, but uh, it probably, start, it probably right? starts with. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. Uh, um, but I don't remember. It's it could be R. Uh, I, I'm not I, sure. I hope I hope you're right because I remember what they did to Total Recall. I mean, I didn't I didn't see it, but I remember that they made that they made it PG-13, yeah. and that's crazy. It's crazy. And that's what they did with RoboCop as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, whereas Poltergeist, they upped it. That was rated R. No, or that was PG thirteen from a PG from a PG. Well, yeah, but there was no PG thirteen <laughs> at the time, right? Um, Ron Howard's got a new movie. It's called In the Heart of the Sea. It stars Chris Hems- Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland, aka Spider Man. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Uh, as you I don't know, know, anything I, about it? I love seafaring adventures. Is it like Master and Commander? Uh, kind of, except here's what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's. Th- the story that Moby Dick was inspired by, by which Moby Dick was inspired, pardon me. Um, Thank you. Where a, uh, a giant whale just decided, uh, yeah, we're going to, I'm just going to terrorize this ship until everyone's dead. And um, so it's that story. And uh, so it's not necessarily Moby Dick. It is this other thing. And uh, it looks from a, spectacle standpoint it looks like a lot of uh, i won't say fun it looks rather terrifying um and and quite exhausting and you know i'm sure ron howard will make it quite easily digestible i hate to put it that way but uh you know i'm yeah. you know i i like a good uh i like a good seafaring adventure and i like a creature feature and yes i recognize it's not going to be a creature feature the whale's not going to eat anybody <laughs> but uh i do like the idea of it uh, of of like a force of nature and i guess i could say this about everest as well um just the idea of nature just no matter how prepared we think we are just nature just being like yeah fuck you i'm gonna do what i want i'm a <laughs> giant whale or a giant mountain uh okay well you sold me um I, I like Ron Howard. Now, I remember before when I said that um, Todd Haynes' Carol was my most anticipated movie of the fall season? Yeah. Uh, I might have been wrong because I forgot that Paolo Sorrentino, who made The Great Beauty, okay. has a movie coming out called Youth, starring Michael Caine, Harvey Keitel, Jane Fonda, and Rachel Weiss. Yes. That's right. I think this might be my most anticipated movie. Well, that's a hell of a cast. Uh, you don't see Harvey Keitel very much anymore, and you don't see Jane Fonda very much anymore, um, except, I guess, on TV. And so, yeah. I, uh, so, hey, David, are you going to do the uh, the Oscar uh, uh, Oh, most assured. Draft? Okay. I was going to ask you as soon as we were done when it is. Okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to work on that. It'll be probably early October. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of research already and youth specifically Michael Caine in youth is what's getting a lot of buzz right now. Good. Um, so I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, it should be fantastic because Paolo Sorrentino is fantastic. Um, all right. There's not much more that I need to talk about here. Um, Alvin and the chipmunks, the road chip that, uh, 
I guess, yes, chip does rhyme with trip. Right, yeah, the, the road trip, the road chip. The road chip. That is so horrible. I'm furious. Flames on the side of my face. All right, keep going. Um, uh, okay, I was going to let you keep going. Um, concussion, which is, uh, I guess, a trailer just premiered recently for that. Yeah, and uh, and I, I've heard that the film is going to be very controversial, or more specifically, the NFL will probably not be happy about it. Yeah, uh, you should read the GQ article that okay. it's based on, which I, did, which I think you can read on their website now, because they okay. want people to with this trailer out. Um, I read it because I'm a longtime GQ subscriber because I'm such a basic pro. (laughs) Um, And the last thing on the list is Snowden, the Oliver Stone movie about Edward Snowden starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Shailene Woodley. I'm excited. I like uh, I like incendiary Oliver Stone, and I feel like this is a good topic for him, and I hope that uh, he embraces his uh, early 90s stone. Um, that reminds me, um, let me talk about tweakedaudio.com where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. They look great. They sound great. And they've got their new sports line, uh, called Hegon, H-E-G-O-N-E. And if you, they're already at a low, low price to begin with, but if you go to tweakedaudio.com and you put in offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com offer code pretension. And we're done <laughs> yeah. with the podcast. Yeah. With not, not the whole thing, but the episode. Oh, can't we be done with the whole thing? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so you can find us at battleshippretension.com. That's where you can find this episode and all the movie reviews. And in months to come, movie reviews for a lot of the stuff we just mentioned. Um, this is, you know, fall movie season, which really is early October to the Oscars. So it's like five months of the year, right? Yeah. Is where we shine. Oh yeah. Like we get more invites, uh, to press screenings of this time of type of year. We end up getting more traffic because of it. We have all sorts of coverage starting, starting at the end of the year and through the Oscars. Yeah. Um, so really do, do pay attention to battleship uh, during the, um, fall movie season slash award season. And I guess they sort of, overlap yeah. um because there'll be plenty of stuff uh lots of reviews lots of top 10 lists come the end of the year up to the oscars and also lots of fun episodes that we'll do um around that, around that time we're getting to i know it's only early september now we still have a month to go before this really kicks off in earnest yeah. but uh we're getting to my favorite time of the year um for movies uh which is not, I don't want to buy into the myth that, oh, all the good movies come out in the fall. It's right. not really true, but it is also, let's be realistic, more good movies do tend to come out in the fall sure. because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. People say all the good movies come out in the fall. People release good movies in the fall. Um, but, uh, so yeah, do check out battleshipretention.com for movie reviews and podcasts. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can uh, follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Uh, you also have uh, two other podcasts. This is going to take forever now. Yeah. You got uh, more than one lesson and you got uh, Worth Playing For. That's right. Worth Playing For is my Survivor podcast. The first episode has posted and you can find that at battleshipretension.com. You can also find it on iTunes. My other podcast, uh, More Than One Lesson, uh, 
this week we talk about War Room, the Christian film that uh, has surprised a number of people with the amount of money that it has brought in. Again? What? People are uh, surprised again? Yeah, they are. All right. <laughs> um, my other podcast is called Hey, Watch This. It's about TV. This week, instead of a normal format, we'll be speculating about the new fall shows. Okay. <laughs> There's not a lot that are available That's to watch what, yet. Oh, is 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 oh, Paul yeah. going to do his title thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I already I had one that every year I have one that I think is good. Okay. Last year it was Gotham. Damn near killed them. That's um, pretty good. This one, this one took Paul a second. Uh, Uncle Buck, pass. Oh, I got it. Right? Not bad, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. But those are, for me, a non-comedian. Yes, Listen yes. to the episode for Paul doing one for almost every new Fall Network show yeah. uh, that will actually be funny. So uh, that's it. Hey, watch this. Um, I'm on Twitter at Davey Pretension. And thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 